In reality, as a designer, particularly a UX designer, research never really takes a break for us. It's something that actually can happen and usually does happen every single day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 37 of Design Chat with Josh. I am your host, Josh Reach, and in this lovely design podcast, today we are going to talk a little bit about doing research, but not your typical research uh, on uh, the people that you design for. Um, and I'll explain what I mean in a minute, but by now you've probably heard me talk about research quite a bit in this podcast. But there's another level that I think a lot of us might look over or we might not even realize that we're doing. Actually, that means the exact same thing. Look over or not realize that we're doing it. <laughs> um, and that is the research that we do pretty much every day. Uh, and I've noticed that this is more or less happening. For me, it's happened a lot more working in product design than it did as a graphic designer working in marketing or branding. Um, but my research for the, around surrounding the people that actually interact with technology or interact with uh, maybe something similar to what I'm designing. And uh, basically what I'm getting at here is, and I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm not alone in this, this is going to sound really, really creepy, all right? I know it's going to sound creepy, but I like to watch and observe people, random people, strangers. Um, I may not, I, most of the time I don't even interact with them. A good example is when I'm traveling. It's like the best time to observe and, and kind of study how people are interacting with technology. And by technology, most of the time I'm referring to those magic little screens that everybody holds in their hands, especially when you're flying uh, across the country, your phone, and in some cases tablets too. Uh, and, and I really love watching how people interact with their devices, not necessarily what they're doing on their phones, but just how they are interacting with their phones. Um, do they use one hand or one hand or two hands? Uh, do they have a hard time seeing the screen or is it easy for them to see the screen? Um, are they using two devices? Are they using their phone and their tablet? I am that person. I will have my tablet playing a video, like a TV show or a movie, and then I'll also be on my phone at the same time, sitting in the, you know, the whatever gate that I'm waiting for for my uh, for my plane. I'm that person. It's like watching TV and having your phone in your hand. It's a second screen. Anyway, I'm not the only one. I've seen people do that uh, besides me. But anyway, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking at. I don't really care. I don't want to get nosy. I don't want to like creep on what they're texting or saying or doing, actually doing on their phone. Um, but I'll, you know, from a distance kind of see like, oh, they're watching a video. Like, are they having a hard time watching that video on their tiny little, you know, iPhone SE screen? Yes, they are. Um, and that's why you most of the time will see people use a tablet or they have a giant Galaxy phone and they're watching videos on that. Um, I also, because I design for senior citizens uh, for my job, I particularly pay close attention to how seniors are interacting with their technology. And there's been so many revealing, like just amazing aha moments by doing this. Um, 
you know, when I travel back home to New York, I'm traveling to upstate New York. And a lot of times I am one of the youngest people on the flight, on that last flight to, uh, to, to Albany, New York. Um, and it's perfect because it's a fantastic opportunity to really see how, you know, what struggles do people have with their phones? How are they adapting to using a phone? Uh, if they have, you know, eyesight issues or dexterity issues. And you can apply this to whoever your user base is, you know, just because they may not be using or testing your app or your website, um, maybe they are, but if they are, you probably should, don't get too nosy. There is a limit, I feel like. Um, and I'll, I'll list off some rules that I've written down. They're just kind of guidance to make sure that you're not too creepy when you're doing this. But um, anyway, I, I, you know, I, I, even if they're not using your apps or your websites, it's still, useful to see how people interact with your phones. If you design for a much younger audience, there may be multiple devices that they're using, um, you know, or they may have their screen split. Don't try to look and see what they're doing on their screen, but if you see that they have their screen split and they have two apps open, then clearly like the multitasking thing is a big deal. Maybe that's something you should consider is your, you know, whatever product you're designing, is it something that would be used in tandem uh, or with uh, another uh, another app, another another you know task that somebody's doing. Um, these are all things to kind of consider. Uh, so it, it sounds creepy, and and it is. Um, and you don't want to like just stare and make people uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> there's a way to go about it uh, and kind of do this quick. They're just quick little like few second like studies basically. I'm not watching somebody for half an hour and seeing how they interact with their you know phone at the you know, airport gate. I'm just simply seeing, oh, they're using, you know, a bigger phone or, oh, they're using a Kindle Fire and, you know, oh, they're doing more than just reading books. You know, they're watching a movie or something, you know, and look at their, you know, and they pick up on things like they're sharing with, and there's been a lot of cases too where I've actually like chit-chatted with people that are sitting next to me and, you know, and just not like about, you know, I'm not doing a user test or interviewing them or anything like that, but it's just interesting seeing how they share something on their screen or, you know, they'll maybe share a photo of, of their, <laughs> this has happened twice actually for me recently, but um, they're sharing a photo of their car with me because I'll get talking about cars with some older gentleman or, you know, that, that you know, is actually, there's one guy that was actually going to collect a car that he had purchased in another state and it was a classic car and he was showing me it and it was, it was just beautiful, it was a beautiful restored car. Um, and, you know, of course the whole time while he's showing me pictures and things like that, you know, I could see struggles that he had with Facebook. I could see struggles that he had with the Photos app on the iPhone, you know, and sharing it. Um, you know, it, it was just, it's real, it's, it's relevant, and you can see that, you know, the pinch to zoom is not necessarily something that's easy for everybody to do. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's just, to me, the research and, and that kind of observation, it never really stops. And that's, that's what I'm getting at here, is if you're genuinely, you know, interested and you care about what you do as a product designer, you will be catching yourself doing this quite a bit. You may already be doing this. You may be listening to this and saying, yeah, I kind of do the same thing too. You know, maybe you even take it a bit further and you actually start doing a little usability test on some competitor that, you know, app or, or website, you know. Um, I've, I've thought about doing that a few times. Um, but of course, to me, I feel like you should always like address the fact that like, you know, oh, would you be willing to do like a quick test on this, you know, or, or you know, just 
kind of run me through it, you know. Um, a lot of times people I notice, especially, well, it depends on, I guess, the demographics, but they're actually like pretty open to sharing like pain points that they might have with something. <laughs> they're very vocal about like what is frustrating with an app. <laughs> um, so you could generally get that out of people just by having a, you know, decent human conversation with someone. Um, but if not, and you know, and you're also like me where you kind of, you know, yes, I'll chat with some people, especially if, you know, somebody wants to talk about cars, sure, I'll talk about cars with them the whole time we're sitting at the gate. And if we're sitting next to each other on the plane, I'll talk about cars with them the whole time on the plane too. But uh, it's not always like that. There's sometimes where, you know, you may be traveling for, uh, you know, just maybe it's not a good reason to travel, you know, and it's something that's, you just need time to yourself and you need time to think and you want your music and that's it. And you just want to sleep on the plane and that's it. I've been there too. But um, so it doesn't have to be a chore every time you're flying. And I'm using flying as an example, um, but God, it could even be at like a truck stop for crying out loud. I mean, if you're doing road trips, you know, it's, it's it's so easy to just people are using technology everywhere you know <laughs> so you could do this anywhere and that's kind of the cool thing about it and the cool thing is you know I, I've realized that really and truly it's it's been this shift for me personally and I'm going to talk from personal experience here hopefully this is relatable to some of you guys that are listening um, but if it's not then you know or maybe, maybe I don't know maybe it's something to look into because I feel like you know designers we get very very involved we get very very uh, we fall in love with what we do and we take it very seriously because what we do generally impacts a lot of people now as a graphic designer working in marketing I yes impacted a lot of people it was through a sales funnel and it was you know kind of disposable design in, in, in a sense you know content and, and marketing and advertising and things like that but um, you still had to understand the people and, and more or less as a graphic designer, I was more observing the design itself. And that's something that is useful. Um, I also feel like it's a little destructive to always be critiquing other people's designs uh, because a lot of times I've noticed that visual designers will get very, very cynical and very critical uh, if it's not exactly the way you know, I would design it, then it's wrong. And that's not right. Um, and, you know, when you move into product design, when you're a UX designer in particular, and you, you know, research is, is a critical part of what you do for everything that you do. And understanding people is critical in everything that you do. And it, it's also changes all the time. Um, your shift kind of goes from focusing on the end result and that design to focusing on the people themselves. And this is something too for me. I've, I've even as a visual designer, I was always, I've always been a big tech nerd. I've, I've, like, I've said this before, CES is like Christmas for me. Mobile World Congress is like second Christmas for me every year. Um, I just, I love technology. And so I've always been kind of interested in how people interact with technology. Uh, ergonomics and and just also in terms of adoption rate for some technology like why it takes off more than others um, the power of a brand usually has a lot to do with that Apple uh, but um, you know it, it, it's always interested me but now it's 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 way less like and, and honestly I feel like this is the way it should be for all designers it's not just for 
UX designers, but visual designers, I feel like as well. You know, if I could go back in time, I would focus way more, I think, on on the people I was designing for. I mean, I was focused on them, don't get me wrong, but it was focused on a lot of data and analytics from you know big numbers and, and large populations. It wasn't necessarily focused too much on individuals and you know looking at a sampling of five to 10 people and seeing how you know they interact with something, seeing what pain points they had. If I focused more on that as a visual designer, I feel like a lot of the campaigns and things I did and also some of the brands that I've developed would be taken even further. It's not to say that they weren't necessarily bad, um, but I feel like, gosh, you could you could just take everything just a bit further. And I know a lot of marketing teams will do, you know, testing, uh, you know, if they have the budget and they have the time, but, uh, and I know in terms of brands and when you're develop developing a brand, there is some testing and, and, you know, that you can actually do some user testing and kind of, I guess focus groups, but I hate focus groups. Focus groups in general are kind of terrible. Um, uh, individual surveying is, is much better in my opinion. Um, side note, I, I, I do think focus groups uh, are pretty much completely and totally fucking useless. Um, because you, you always have one or two people in the group that is the voice of the whole group. And the rest of the people will just kind of agree with that person. Uh, well, you really need to separate people out. Uh, you really need to get people away from each other. And surveys, doing them on their own time is a good way to do that. Um, individual usability tests and interviews. It doesn't have to be usability tests. It could be just individual interviews with people is another great way uh, to kind of understand what people really want because um, you know the reality is you know they might agree with the group at that time but then when they get into their own element when they're actually interacting with something on their own and let's face it with digital products a lot of times people are interacting with these things by themselves and they're gonna have a whole different perspective you know it might be cool when you're in a crowd but then are you really going to continue to use it on your own time Probably not, you know, um, or, or maybe you would. But anyway, uh, side note though, yeah, I just, I don't like focus groups. I'm sorry, but I think focus groups are just obsolete at this point. Um, let me know if you agree with me or not on that one. I'd be curious to hear uh, anybody's case for focus groups in 2019. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, God, I completely lost track of what I was saying now. I just, I got so sidetracked on that. But anyway, oh, as a visual designer, yes, visual designer. I wish I could go back in time and do more of that individual interviews. Um, but you and a lot of times though, and like I said, in marketing you deal with big data, you know, and you're dealing with, you know, basically it's it's a much bigger approach of conversions that you're focused on. Um, and yes, you are focused on still a very large group of people but it's less about conversions and, and, and more about making it a more enjoyable experience when you're a product designer. So that's where I think, you know, when you, when you are kind of going uh, along with your day-to-day -day life, you know, you really, it should be interesting. It should be fun. Like to me, it's fun to just observe how people interact with their phones, how, how they interact with the, <laughs> the, the horrible infotainment systems in their cars. Um, you know, I mean, it's, if you're stuck in traffic, just look and see what somebody's doing and look and see, you know, if, if they're trying to interact with their massive 17 inch Tesla screen, 
Um, and is it easy for them? You know, are they, you know, for me, I love watching how Tesla drivers are always so distracted when they're on the highway with me uh, before we hit the carpool lane and they can just take off in the carpool lane. Um, but when I'm next to a Tesla driver though, they're always so like super, super focused on the screen and trying to do something on their screen. I can't tell exactly what they're doing on there, but I'm assuming it's not always just playing around with maps or, or some app. I'm assuming they're trying to change the climate controls maybe or the radio station, but because it's not a physical button, and I, I've talked about this before, but uh, in a previous episode where I went on a rant about how car UI sucks, but um, you know, it's not a physical button. So like for me, I can just reach down and change something like, you know, I can, I can flip a switch to adjust my temperature and one, two, three, boom, I know I'm up at like three or four degrees now on my climate control. I have buttons on my steering wheel, which Tesla drivers do have as well, but you can't control everything on your steering, steering wheel. Um, but you know, it's like that, that to me is, it, that's a flaw in, in a Tesla design, right? Is having everything on a touchscreen because you're distracting the driver and they can't feel where that button is to change the temperature. Um, and, and I've seen some of the UI on some of these cars that the temperature can actually be buried in a menu, which is even worse. Um, those controls should just be there. You know, I, I recently rented a Nissan Altima um, and that car itself actually had a huge touchscreen, but they left climate control and they left certain things as physical buttons underneath that giant screen. There was a lot less buttons, but there were still physical buttons. It was good design. Good design, cheap plasticky car, but good design in terms of usability. Anyway, um, so things like that though, you could be, it could be, it doesn't have to just be how people are interacting with their phones. Another interesting thing to observe, look at how people interact with the self checkout aisles at Target and Walmart or wherever, you know, stores that may have self checkout aisles. That is something where actually you can stare and watch because you're just waiting to see who's going to be done and then you can go take the, you know, the next uh, spot. Um, but while you're waiting in line, if you're waiting in line, watch how people interact with those things. First of all, it's, you know, new technology in the past few years, you know, it's fairly new. People are still very much using it for the first time ever. There's always an associate that seems to be there to help out. Um, but, you know, obviously in terms of efficiency, you have one person running, like in Walmart's case, it's like 10 registers, uh, which is great. Uh, but I, I love watching how people interact with those touch screens. And I particularly love watching how seniors interact with those touch screens because that's who I design for. So whoever you're designing for, whether it be somebody that's in their 20s and that's your primary you know, age group, or if you're more in the middle range from 30s to 50s maybe is your target you know, user base, uh, kind of try to gauge and watch how people interact with those things. Because um, it's, it's really interesting, because it's not just the screen in that case too, it's they're bagging things, they're trying to pull stuff out of their cart, they you know, might have to weigh something on the glass, you know, do they know how to do that? Is it instructing them enough? Uh, is it transitioning them from the big screen to the card reader screen uh, efficiently, you know, and things like that. Target does a really great job at this. Um, and they have some vocal cues as well, which help too. Um, and I, I think they do a really great job on that. So the, this stuff, this, this type of research that you're doing, it doesn't have to stop at five o'clock, <laughs> you know? You can continue to do it. And, and to me, if, if you care about what you do, you're gonna want to do this most of the time and you're gonna be doing this pretty much all the time when you're out and about. Whether you're with friends or by yourself, you're gonna be observing and you're gonna be doing your own little research just constantly. 
on, on people and on, on technology. And that's a good thing. It's not, it is a little creepy, but it's not that creepy. It's, it's a good thing though. <laughs> I will say this though. There are certain rules that you should follow. I've, I've created my own little list of rules. Um, pretty much all of them are revolving around not being a total creeper when you're doing this. Seriously, like don't be creepy, all right? You're talking about people here, all right? Um, you don't want to give off the serial killer vibe by staring somebody down at the airport, <laughs> okay? Um, even if you're just trying to observe how they're, you know, just quick glances, you know, just quick observations. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I haven't gotten that yet because I'm so self-conscious about, like, I don't want to be creepy. I don't want to, like, make people feel uncomfortable. Um, but I could see how, like, there's some times where I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, like, you know, veer my, I, you know, I'm getting too like interested in what they're doing. Um, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch what you do. You got, you can't stare too much. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I feel like it kind of depends too on, I guess, where you are. So like, you know, that example of the, the stores, you know, the grocery stores, you can stare like, because you're trying, <laughs> generally people are staring, like trying to hurry people along so they can get that register, right? Um, but, uh, you know, try not to be too creepy about it. I guess that's the only thing. And the other thing is, and I, I talked about this a little bit too, is, you know, don't just, don't jump into an uncomfortable usability test with a complete stranger in the, you know, some public place, like when they're not expecting it. You're dealing with people, you know. Um, I, I, you could maybe, I, I could see a case where if you're talking about what you do for a living and stuff, um, you could bring up the research that you do and, and usability testing and then maybe lead into it. Um, and if the person's interested, uh, then you could do maybe like a little five minute usability test on you know, some competitor's app or website, uh, or maybe uh, if they have your actual app or website already installed, maybe they're already a customer or a, a member or a fan or something. And uh, you, maybe you could have them open it up and just, you know, maybe explain. Honestly, I feel like the best, like, it's not a usability test that's great at this point. It's really just asking them what they like about it and then asking them what they don't like. And we all know that people are very, they're very easily uh, able to share what they don't like about something um, and just let them talk, let them talk about it. You know, um, but also don't forget the fact that you're a human too, and they're a human, and so don't just like get silent and get into usability, you know, research mode, or uh, interview mode, um, and just sit there quietly and you know creepily just letting them talk. Um, you know, empathize with them. Basically, you're going to empathize. I feel like, and I've done that where like you know when I'm sitting next to somebody at the airport, and I'll just use the airport as a good example. It's probably because okay, here's the reason why I have uh, a lot of experience of this with this at an airport is because I am the person that will get to the airport two hours before my flight leaves, even though I have, you know, TSA pre-check and all that. So I, I guess I'm just super like paranoid about missing my flight. So I, I, I get to the airport really early. So I always have a lot of time. I also pick the long, like not the longest, but really long layovers. Usually three hours is like my sweet spot, two to three hour layovers. So I have a lot of time between flights too. 
So, and I have a lot of time with people. You know, usually I'm sitting with a group that's going to leave. You know, before my flight actually leaves. Um, and so that's where you know the airport examples come in for me. You might have a different place where you spend a lot of time, and, and that's great. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, just make sure that you know that you're 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 dealing with people, and also like nobody is at wherever they're at for a interview or for a usability test. Um, they are there for, and you know, at an airport to travel, you know, uh, and so uh, be respectful of that, you know. Don't don't like force something that you know somebody doesn't want you to do, basically, in terms of like you know interviewing them, right? Uh, so it all boils down to just don't be a creeper, you know, like like don't don't be a robot, don't be a creeper. Uh, empathize with people a little more than you normally would. Maybe agree with them if you agree with them. Um, and just kind of get them, you know, it, it just just be a person, be a human. That's that's really the biggest rule. That's really the only rule is is just be a person. Don't don't be creepy. Um, seriously, <laughs> like um, the the other thing too, I think is you know, like I said before, like don't try to read what they're doing on their screens without them knowing. Um, you know, I I don't like it when people are looking at my screen. You know, I've been on planes. We've all been there, right? Where you're on a plane, maybe you're playing a video game or you're watching a TV show on your you know iPad, and it's not even on the screen that's in the seat back either. It's it's the the your own phone or your own iPad or your own Nintendo or something, you know, Nintendo Switch, and somebody next to you is literally watching your screen the entire flight while they have a movie running on their seat back screen. You know, it's just like it's weird. It, it I don't. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, so don't be that person, right? Like, don't don't be watching other people's screen. You know, like just it, it, let them do their thing. Let them have their privacy. Um, you know, although something could be said by you know how much are they trying to hide their screen too, if depending on what they're doing. Um, so you could get a sense of like what's private and personal to them versus what's not. Some people are very open about sending text messages in the middle of a crowd um, and, you know, laughing about them and, you know, making audible, you know, reactions to a text message conversation in the middle of a plane when we're trying to get off the plane. Um, it's just like, okay, we all know your conversation now. Anyway, uh, so some people are okay with it, uh, but most people are not. Uh, so don't be creepy. Don't try to read what's on people's screens. Just observe, just quick glances. Um, and you'll be able to just mainly see that it's, it's really the ergonomics of and how people are actually interacting with the device um, than it is what they're actually doing on the screen. Uh, that That's the thing that to me is super interesting because that's something that you can't really force either in a usability test or an interview is you could try to set up a scenario but there's nothing that's going to beat them actually being in a normal, natural environment interacting with uh, that that product, um, and and you know with the chaos that's going around, with the, the you know the the thought of traveling if you're at the airport, or the thought of trying to check out as fast as possible because the kids are getting rowdy, you know, and and getting out of the self checkout aisle as fast as possible, you know, it, things like that. Like that that's an environment that you can't really simulate. Um, unless you put them in there, but even then, you know, if people know they're being, you know, watched or interviewed, they will act differently. This is your opportunity to really see how people naturally interact with their devices, with their digital devices, and, and it's pretty cool. Um, it's also interesting to me too. Side note: uh, when I'm 
traveling and I see people who are taking photos with an iPad. Um, I do think they're monsters, uh, but I also understand. <laughs> I also understand why a lot of them will do it too, though. Uh, the screen is bigger. And that's honest to God. Like that is. The, I've even asked people. I'm like, oh, I'm like, why do you, why do you, why do you have your iPad out here? We're in the middle of uh, the wilderness in Sedona on a hiking trail. That's interesting, you know. And it's maybe an iPad Mini, but you know, I, I literally there was somebody who had their iPad. Uh, and they were hiking out in Sedona in the wilderness, and I came across them. And I was like, "Oh!" And we got chat. Why, why do you have your iPad out here? Oh, the screen is great on this thing, you know. And I'm like, "Well, the the camera's not as good as the phone, though." And they're like, "Yeah, but you know what? It doesn't matter if I can't see it on the screen." And I'm like, "Huh? Okay. Well, you know, like it's it's it, it's it's really bizarre, <laughs> but it makes sense." <laughs> um, I just. It's just interesting. But anyway, things like that, though, things like that, you're not going to get that in a room in a research lab. You're going to get that when you're actually out and about and you're having, you know, there are people who have already made that decision on their own to use that device in that way. You're not telling them to. You're not trying to put them in a situation where they have to. They're already there. They're already out in the middle of the Red Rock Wilderness by Courthouse Butte. <laughs> two and a half miles away from anything uh, in the middle of the desert and they're taking photos with an iPad. Um, they brought their iPad. I mean, to me, a, an iPad, I, I guess it's, it's actually mine's like a fraction of the price of my phone. So they're actually cheaper than a phone too a lot of times. So, But I always look at it as something more valuable, you know, and that I wouldn't bring out into the wilderness and I wouldn't go hiking with because I don't want it to break. Um, not everybody has that idea. Not everybody has that, that kind of mindset which changes things because when you, you, you think, oh, I'm never going to take my iPad to XYZ places, well, maybe your user base will take their iPad to those places. And that's an opportunity um, when it comes to some digital product that you're creating. So anyway, it's just interesting. This is just, it's just, this is just really like random, I know. But you can do your research. You can, do you can observe. You can make observations every day uh, because Let's face it, unless we're staying inside binging on playing video games and Netflix, uh, a lot of times you're going to run into people. You're going to be out in, you know, at a store or at a restaurant somewhere um, and, or with some friends and you can see how they interact with things. Um, be careful with your friends too because they will pick up on it because they know what you do for a living. <laughs> so uh, don't be creepy in that way. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So that's really, that's, that's all I got today. Uh, it's just, you know, get out there and, and maybe you're already doing this. Um, and I'm curious right now, I, I wanna know like how many of you product designers, UX designers, maybe even visual designers out there, right? How many of you are observing people in their natural habitat using technology and using that as knowledge that you can then take back and use to create your own designs, your own products, your own campaigns? Um, you know, to me, it's, it's always exciting and, and I've gotten more and more into it and more, I care so much more about that human aspect now that, you know, I've been in product design, but it's, I'm curious how many of you out there are, are like this, or am I the only creepy person that watches other people play with their phones? I don't know. I could be, I don't know. I, I hope I'm not. Um, but if I am, then maybe there should be more people doing it because there's a lot to learn. There's, a, there's that's free information out there basically. So anyway, 
that's all I got. Um, and uh, if you are liking this uh, podcast and you like this episode, this really weird kind of creepy episode where Josh explains that he likes to watch people, uh, then go ahead and be sure to leave a nice rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice if they allow ratings and reviews, uh, particularly you Apple Podcast listeners. Be sure to leave a nice little rating and review on there. It takes five minutes. It's much, much appreciated. It makes me uh, helps me understand if I'm uh, on the right track or not. Um, and uh, as always, oh, and actually I'm going to change up the schedule a little bit too. So big, big announcement. Um, it's, not, it's not bad, I promise. Uh, but the podcast is going to go to every other week, not every week, uh, mainly because after 37 topics and 37 episodes, I am like running out of things to talk about every week. Uh, so <laughs> I want to put more thought into the episodes, uh, and I really want to put together some more bigger episodes, preferably maybe even some more guests on the podcast as well, which takes a bit more time because uh, on the weekends, uh, life happens, uh, and sometimes you just want to relax. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so the podcast will be going uh, to every other week, uh, which should give me more time to really put together some good episodes uh, and continue to make some really awesome content. Uh, so no episode next week, but it will be uh, the following week. Uh, and that's all I got. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in two weeks. All right, bye.